So our second episode of this new season of the Spa Retailer Podcast is not a new episode. It's a repeat. But one thing I wanted to start doing on the podcast going forward is have an episode that ties in with the company we feature in our stores department. So in the February, March print edition of Spa Retailer, we feature Stiefelton, which if you are a listener to the podcast, you'll remember that Gunnar Graven was a guest back in October. We'll get that timeline figured out a little better going forward, a little little better synergy between the podcast and the magazine. But it worked out too, because something else we talk about in depth in the February, March issue is putting hot tub pricing online and selling hot tubs directly from your website. Hot topic in the industry, there are lots of opinions, and e-commerce is the main thing I discuss with Gunnar on this episode, and he has got some great insight on how his company is doing it. If you listened to this episode back in October, it's worth a re-listen, and if you missed it the first time around, well, now's your chance. Enjoy. This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. So on the Spa Retailer Podcast today is Gunnar Graven from Steepletons in, you're in Louisville, Kentucky, correct? That's correct. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. I've actually listened to, I think, almost all of your podcasts and always get something from them. So really a big fan. Oh, well, that's exciting. You don't hear that very often. (laughs) I have to confess. So not only was I late for this interview, then we started the interview and then I realized that I was not recording. And so Gunnar's been a real good sport about um, being on the Spa Retour podcast. He's getting to see the real glamour that's involved in in doing this. There's no need to tell on yourself, Megan. <laughs> I have to. I think we just got to got to keep it real. The people That's need right. to know what they're what they're really working with here. That's right. I talked to Gunnar about a month or two ago for this piece that we were working on for Jacuzzi where they've been highlighting some of their dealers and what they've been doing during the pandemic. And so if you get our newsletter or checked out our website, you've probably seen that on there. But I talked to him about their e-commerce site and it was really interesting. And there was a lot from that conversation that I wasn't able to put in the article. And so I was like, you know what? I mean, you'll probably see his name pop up in the magazine when we talk about this stuff in the future, but I thought it would be great to have him come on the podcast to talk about e-commerce and how their website has evolved and how that's helped them the last couple of years, especially during this craziness that we've all have experienced. So so thank you for for doing this. And I know you a little bit now, but could you please, you know, just tell our audience kind of your personal background and, and how you got into the hot tub industry? Sure. So uh, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Steepleton is a family business uh, that was founded in 1910. My father started working uh, at the company as uh, right out of high school. He worked his way up in the company. It ended up purchasing the company and growing, you know, it's a family business. I saw the, the positives and the negatives, the struggles, and I loved it. And it was a summer job for me. And uh, we just, I knew it's something that I knew where I wanted to be always. So 1910, that is what, what anniversary would this be? How long have you, how long is 111? Correct. Yeah. 111. That's 111. insane. 
That's not very yes. often that, um, I mean, you know, if I talk to someone who's had a business that's been open for 50 or 60 years, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. 110 is, are, so are you, are you the third generation owner then? Or longer than that, because that it would seems be fourth. Because like, okay. uh, the, the founders, my fa- uh, someone bought it from the founders. My father purchased it, and so yes. Okay, okay, but this is the first time, sort of family handover. Where yes, it's been passed yes. From one generation to to that, the next. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's correct. Well, how cool that you you know have this family business that you actually enjoy and want to be a part of and are passionate about instead of you know a lot of times people kind of get roped into it, whether they, uh, whether that's what they want to be doing with their life or not. Right. Yes, that's very true. It's, it's where I wanted to land before I get hung. I I also have to give my sister credit because she's right there with me. She's part of the family business as well. And as my father takes less of an active role, me and my sister handle what he has kind of left to us. So we we handle all the the day-to-day activities of of the company and have a great time doing it. That's good. How do you, how do you guys divide and conquer so that you're not having, you know, some of those uh, sibling tiffs that I would imagine could be. Yeah. Very few, (laughs) uh, very few sibling tiffs. Um, and we just, we kind of, each of us know, know, knows our role and handle it, uh, from there. So good. Good. I mean, that's another tough one. I feel like that when you're talking about family businesses is that sometimes everyone gets along and it's a functional thing. And sometimes <laughs> it's very dysfunctional and the business runs kind of despite the the family business. <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're lucky. I would consider it very functional. So good. Good. That's great. You told me before that the company Stapleton started as a billiards and bowling company in 1910, which blows my mind. Like I got billiards in 1910. Like who would have thought? (laughs) So back in the day, billiards in 1910 was to your pool rooms, restaurants and, and, and so forth. It was very, very commercial. It was not residential. And I would say it was not residential until probably the late sixties or seventies. Okay. And from there, we were uh, a retailer service center. And that at that time, the Steepleton family turned the company into a manufacturer and we, and then okay. manufactured pool tables from the fifties to all the way up until 2010 is okay. kind of when we stopped the manufacturing. I don't know a ton about the the billiards industry. I mean, a little bit just because there are, that it is something that a lot of hot tub retailers tend to sell, but if that seemed to be a category that got really hammered in the, in the recession, is that right? Yes, it did. Um, okay. it, 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 there's no doubt about it. I, I will say that as a whole, but the niche that we have, the state of Kentucky, the surrounding mm-hmm. areas, um, residentially it, it it's still held on good and i don't see us ever giving it up i feel like you kind of have to keep it well say so, yeah after 111 <laughs> years is a hard thing to give up right yeah for sure i mean even if it was just like you had a couple a couple on the showroom just one floor, table like, over in the corner right yeah i feel like you just you just have to have one <laughs> that's exactly right so what other products do you guys carry now obviously hot tubs but what was the evolution from billiards into into your other products so then? from billiards my uh when my father really took over the company he saw that hey this billiards is a is a seasonal product you know starts in october and ends in february we need something else so 
Um, Louisville, or the state of Kentucky, being what we believe is the basketball capital of the world. Every every driveway uh, in in Kentucky, you, you get your house, and the next next purchase is a is a basketball goal. So we added basketball goals, and from basketball goals led to play sets. Play sets led to trampolines. Then we entered in, into the hot tub market and the let's see late 90s so that's kind of the the full round of of products yeah i would imagine that you know billiards and basketball goals and you know trampolines like these are things that you sell somebody you know probably one time and then never you know unless they come back to buy something different from you you're not like going out there to regularly service their pool table <laughs> we are not but if you what they do do is they complement each other you know oh, yeah. we we grab our customer as a swing set customer buying for their 2 year old then they buy a trampoline after they graduate from from the swing set then they buy a basketball goal hey you know what it's time for a hot tub so big emphasis on taking care of that customer every mm-hmm. time because once we have them in our grasp we we don't like to let go of them we we want that full range of product when i look at the things that we are purchasing for our backyard and for our house like our kids are are almost 2 and 6 and so okay. we're still in the in the playset era and mm-hmm. yeah a trampoline would be the next evolution of that <laughs> that's right that's right so do people go from playset to trampoline then they do billiards or hot tubs or is it a toss-up it's a toss-up and it it, that that a lot of that might depend on the the makeup of your house as well yeah there's no room for a pool table in our house (laughs) (laughs) well and so these other products like these are these are not small things these are like you know pretty big bulky and you know can be pricey items for your home that you know, hot tubs obviously are not something that we typically see sold through a local retailer's website. Is it the same for your other products too? Yes. Um, you know, all of our items are big ticket items. It, you know, and I, you think of the Amazons and your Walmarts online and so forth. You're, you're in uh, my daughter. I've got a 17 year old daughter. It seems like I got a package every day of clothes uh, that ends, mm-hmm. ends, ends up on my doorstep. Um, and those are the under 20, under $50 purchases. But I just think customers are more and more attuned to purchasing online. And regardless of the price point, it if it's comfortable and fits with their buying cycle, that's the way they're going to do it. Well, I mean, who would have thought that we would be buying cars online, but that's what, right. that's what we do now. Right. I mean, um, one of the people in our office recently bought a car and it just shipped right to them. So I mean, it's, that's kind of the way that the world is going in these items that like, like you said, I don't think we ever would have thought would be something we'd purchase online. Here we are mattresses. You never thought you'd sell a mattress online because you got to try it out first and that's yeah. out the window now and cars. And so, yeah, it just seems to be, that's, that's clearly, that is the way that so many things are are going now. Couldn't agree more. Can you just tell me about how your company website has developed and changed throughout the years? Because I, I think that probably your evolution would mimic what you see from a lot of people in our industry and, and how they kind of go through, you know, where it starts to where it ends up. It started as an online catalog slash brochure, fancy, glossy pictures. Wow, this is a cool store. We need to go in, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that was stated truly to drive in-store traffic. You know, at that time, the internet or website 
that that's what put the phone book out of business. And that's where mm-hmm. the phone book was. So, and from the, there, it has now become a salesman that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. From that salesman, we treat our website as a third location. We have a location in Louisville, Kentucky, a location in Lexington, Kentucky, and our website. And, mm-hmm. and we look at our website as a third location. What did it look like for you guys? The website is a, is a fancy brochure. It's a prettier version of, of the phone book. And I think that's a lot of people's websites in the hot tub industry then. And even now for the most part, I don't, I'm not sure that people even sometimes necessarily use it for the lead generation that they could be right. Right. But we're getting, we're getting a lot better at that part of it. But then the kind of the next evolution then is moving to selling and selling these products online. And when did you decide that that was a route that you wanted to go? And what was your thought process behind being like, okay, I think we're ready to take, take this step. Probably two years ago, I had a friend on the East coast that was a pretty big swing set dealer. And he was told me the numbers that he did in swing sets online. Hmm. And um, I had a very, very small presence of trying to sell online and just doing what I would say is a kind of a minuscule amount. And I took it to our, our, our ad agency in town does both print media, t- TV, and they have a um, web-based division. So I, I took that to them and kind of here, here's the challenge. I want to do this website. I want carts on every single item and wanted to do X amount of dollars. And it, it was a, it was an aggressive number, but we got it up and going. And oh, let's see here. Let me get my date. So 2020, 2019 of the um, right before Christmas, I wanted to get okay. that Christmas rush right before, but I think it's Black Friday. So we got mm-hmm. it up and it started rolling and the numbers were good. And, and, you know, if I've consistently had those 12 months uh, of the numbers that I had, uh, what I'm going to say is pre-COVID, I was going to hit my goal. And then boom, COVID hits. And it's, you know, <laughs> the, my, the only store that you could really generate traffic was my third store, which was my website. Right. You know, the doors were shut on the other two. Yeah. And you were, I mean, really in that sweet spot of the things that people were looking for, especially that summer in 2020, right? Play sets, trampolines, <laughs> basketball goals, and hot tubs. So yes. that was very fortunate. Yeah, for sure. You said you had your marketing company that helps you put this together, but I'm curious what it's like on the back end for you, you know, having this third store that requires, I would imagine, you know, inventory management and, you know, someone to pay attention to it and answer questions from online folks. And, you know, then there's the fulfillment. And I mean, that's, it's, what is that like? Cause that's different than how you operate, you know, a regular retail store where people are coming in and deal with their problem and then they leave. It is, but it isn't. So we use Shopify as kind of our web host, which is a publicly traded company. And yeah, it's, it's such an easy platform to use, you know, it, once it's built, the order comes in and then it's transferred to our POS, which is the normal way we we're doing um, day-to-day business. Mm-hmm. And from there on out, it's, it's a normal process. The only different process that, that we really use and that I've learned is that a customer that purchases online, most customers that purchase online 
prefer to correspond on LAN. Mm, sure. You know, yeah. someone calls and orders a hot tub over the phone or comes in. That's most most of that still day to day is 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 phone conversation. But it seems like that customer still wants that digital contact and yeah. not a voice contact. Sort of that breakdown. Does that seem to run by age? A little bit, but I've okay. been surprised. You know, there's really yes, yes, I have been surprised. Interesting. Uh, that's good though, because I think that, you know, we talk about making these changes and we talk about these, these kind of switches coming as the new generation takes over and they want to buy online and everything. And, and sometimes I think we shoot ourselves in the foot because I think you do have some baby boomers who would rather just also text you what they want and <laughs> have it show up at their front door without having to do any more than that. <laughs> you know, everyone's being trained to purchase differently now mm -hmm. and, yeah. and that's, you know, my parents are learning how to Venmo and so forth, you know, as yeah. confusing as it is at first, they, they understand the ease and, and, and appreciate it. You know, COVID kind of forced some of this change on us too, right? Like you, yes, definitely. you know, that older generation, you know, could you go in and buy your groceries? Yes, you could. But for a lot of them, it's like, I, I'm at a higher risk. I don't want to be out around people right now. And so I'm going to learn how to order my groceries online. And that's, and they just figured it out. It made it happen. And now it's like, oh, I don't mind doing this for other areas of my life now that I right. know that this is available to me and it's not as intimidating as maybe I, as maybe I thought it was. That you're exactly right. I think I even heard someone say, I will never step in a grocery store again because it's just a lot easier to, to click and whether I go pick it up after I clicked or it's delivered. It's, it's, uh, I prefer that. You know, this is, I could not agree more when I do actually have to go into a grocery store. That is the hard part for me now. It's like, you uh, have to get out of my car and walk down an aisle and put things in my cart and stand in line. Like that doesn't seem. <laughs> very true. Very true. Something that I think is really great about your your website. When we did this story originally, I got on there and, and I like signed up as a customer. And I, I had to tell you later, like, you know, you guys don't need to call me. I'm not going to, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be shipping any hot tubs to Oklahoma, but it was cool because it was like the prices were front and center and even the inventory was front and center. So it was, it was great for me as a, as a customer or as someone looking at your website that I could be like, okay, well, here are kind of the three price points that I'm looking at. This is what I could afford. This is what could fit in my backyard. And it like, none of that stuff was, was hidden, which is, I think a huge switch for our industry, putting prices. Sometimes people don't even put prices on their hot tubs in their showroom, much less on their website. And so that kind of blew my mind that you guys, that you guys are doing that. Honestly, like I still, I still kind of can't get over it because it's just so, it's just so rare to see that. And so what was your thought? I mean, was that something that you were nervous about doing when you set up your, your online store? We were nervous about it, but I, I tell you, um, three or four years ago, Jacuzzi at their dealer conference had a, uh, a speaker, um, an author, uh, Marcus Sheridan, come and, and talk. And he wrote a book, They Ask, You Answer. Um, he has a pool um, business background. And even when he talked at the conference, because this is 
pre, I'm going to say jacuzzi getting behind, hey, let's put pricing online. Um, I felt that he's, you know, hey, they ask you answer. And the title of the books, pretty much, you don't even have to read the book. They ask you answer. It's pretty easy. I would get every single email. Great website. But where's the price? Great website. Where's the price? Everyone's so afraid of the price running the customer off. But actually, I, I started kind of realizing, well, the information that we're not giving them is what's running them all, running them yeah. away. So I, I just, you know, I dug in and after kind of hearing what uh, Marcus said and so forth, I said, you know, we're going to do it. And I did it with not only hot tubs, but every vendor we carried, I did it and even got my hand slapped a, a few times doing that. But uh, it's funny, you know, now every vendor is behind it. Um, mm-hmm. every vendor had now has a policy and just so you're, I guess the listeners know, I am not selling any hot tub outside of my market. Right. I, every, I'm not selling a, a grill outside of my market, a place that anything mm-hmm. there, everything is being sold in my market. If I have gotten an order that is outside my market. There's emails to the customer saying, you know, sorry, but our vendor relations will not let us sell this product outside of our market. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're also, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so carries jacuzzi and, you know, Timbuktu, we, we're calling that, that either regional manager or that retailer, here's right. a lead for you. So it's, some, you know, it, yeah. It so if I, if I had actually tried to order something from your website, you would have been like, sorry, Megan, but, uh, there's a jacuzzi dealer down the road from you. You can, you can talk to them. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. This episode is brought to you by Marquee. Aquatic training vessels are much more than a traditional swim spa. Hydrodynamic flow design and control, plus a unique range of pumps and jet arrays deliver water flow users can customize for their aquatic workout. The Kona's exclusive system design uses six Whitewater 4 jets to deliver water flow beyond the volumes created by the pumps, delivering up to 39% more flow than comparably sized competitive jets. Plus, two mid-vessel buoyancy jets provide mid to lower torso lift during swimming. The V150 Party Swim Tub utilizes Whitewater 4 jets, three swim jets, and two footwell jets, plus directional, conal, and orbital jet pods and eight therapy seats. To learn more, visit atvswimspas.com. I understand from the manufacturer's point of view, sometimes I understand that some of the reasoning behind not putting prices on websites and, you know, so a lot of times we'll ask manufacturers, okay, well, how much is that going to cost? And they're like, well, it depends on the retailer. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I get mm-hmm. that. Like everyone, different areas have different margins, you know, freight cost and so forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like this, this is not all the same. So I, I can understand why that is a thing, but I also think that the customers understand, and I don't think that I'm going to shop for a hot tub. If I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, I don't think I'm going to be perusing websites of uh, a hot tub dealer in Seattle and then like, and then necessarily comparing your prices and being like, well, you're trying to screw me over because it's, it's $500 more. Right. I I think that's where COVID also kicked in and helped and Google was way ahead of this, but everything now is local internet. It's not the world wide web. It's what's on the internet in Louisville, Kentucky or near me. Such a good Um, point. So, so they don't want to waste 
time, uh, customers know that they're not going to waste time on shopping a Seattle, Washington dealer and, and, and so forth. So, yeah, I think we were all afraid of like, well, the customer is going to come in with their phone. They're going to look up this hot tub. They're going to see that it's X amount of dollars. And then they're going to be like, well, why is, why are you charging me this? You know? And, and I know that that price shopping does happen with chemicals mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. and items like that, or they pull it up on Amazon and it's like, well, why, why, why is Amazon charging me? you know, 50 cents less. And it's like, well, I don't do the volume that Amazon does. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, but you also have, you know, manufacturers are ahead of this and there's mm-hmm. map pricing and, and yes. so forth. So, you know, that's where we're all going. Every, every, we'll all be protected. And, you know, with that protection may squeeze your margins some, but it's also going to offer you a way to compete. You've had this up for, it's, has it been a year yet or two years? Yes. Yeah. Almost a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not very good (laughs) with figuring out time anymore because 2020 just felt like the lost, the lost year. It doesn't count for a lot of people. (laughs) Okay. So you've had it up for, for a year and a half. I mean, how do you feel like the sales have been on your website? I mean, you said that you had a goal, an aggressive goal that you easily beat, especially with, with COVID. I mean, beat by like a six or seven time multiple. So it, it, oh. it, it huge. And, you know, even with the spikes of COVID it has been very consistent at, again, what I hope is the tail mm-hmm. end of COVID. Are there some products that people seem more comfortable to buy online versus, it, it, versus others? I, yes. The uh, I, hot tubs is a good category. It's not my strongest category on my mm-hmm. website, but it is a good category, but play sets, basketball goals, and trampolines. And that's the, the, the young parents. That's the only way they know how to, how to mm-hmm. purchase. Yeah. But the, the funny, you know, the thing that I like and I see is that young parent buying a play set online and then six months later buying a trampoline online and then buying a hot tub online. So I've, I've seen that and I, and I do have uh, cases that that was done. So uh, wow. I think that we'll continue that. Hot tubs is, is an item just like grills and big green eggs. We love that stuff because they always continue to come back into the store. Mm-hmm. Well, they buy that hot tub. I send them an email. Thank you for your purchase. You know, visit this site, click in this code for a discount. And I get to have them continually. You know, again, it's store traffic. It's my third store. So I'm always getting that traffic, whether it's foot traffic in-store or traffic online. What's different about the hot tub buying process when you're doing it online versus versus in your store? What What's different for you or for the customer as far as how that process, what that process looks like? What I, what I like about the way I can set my, I can set my online store like I set my showroom. You know, okay. I, we're going to put the most expensive hot tubs at the front, okay? We can put the most expensive hot tubs on the top of our of our website even online you almost you almost have a little more control hey i want i want every customer to know about this feature on a hot tub so i put a link for a video about that feature as much as you beat into a salesperson's head tell them about this tell them about this that doesn't always happen and that's just the the sales process you can almost always get that feature seen on your website you know whether it's a video or or a blurb or anything you know you can get that seen so when someone buys a hot tub online you said that you know they get an, you well you send them an email with a discount for other other products is that right 
Yes, you know, okay. aftermarket products. Yes. Sure. So what does uh, what happens then? So do you have as far as as delivery and ordering is all of that pretty much just the, the it, same that you normally would do? Yes. Um, again, we'll. I, I've learned that they if they order online, they they prefer to communicate online. So mm-hmm. you know, we we thank them for their purchase. We talk about uh, you know your, your delivery location. Um, electrical hookup and, and so forth, the, the normal verbal process that would happen in store. So I think there's also some fear from uh, hot tub retailers, or maybe not the retailers, but from their salespeople that the, the online store will start taking you know, money out of their pockets. So how do, you, how do you handle that? How do you handle the online sales and, and your salespeople so that they're not you know, anti your own website. <laughs> so, so one tool that we have, and it's used very heavily on our website is a live chat uh, feature. Um, we use a talk T-A-W-K dot two, believe it or not, it's a free service. So that's even better. And that is uh, connected to all of our sales staff's phones. And they have the liberty to answer after hours during work and, and so forth. You know, I see it as a phone call. It's if right. they're chatting on your website, it's no different than calling into the store. I have a lot of, I have one salesman that's very good. He's doesn't love the website. So his, what he does is he'll chat and he'll take them immediately offline. You know, my name is Joe and this is my number. Call me or please enter your telephone number. And he'll take that immediately off uh, offline. And he does a very good job of that. I have other salespeople who will walk this customer through the website and walk them through the purchase online. And we have a digital record of that cust- of that salesperson helping that customer. And he is awarded 100% commission uh, f- for that. The mm-hmm. other ones, now, if a customer comes to, and I don't have any record, that's just kind of goes on to what our house account um, yeah. and, and their commission's not paid out on that. So they still have the opportunity to help the customers that want to be helped and earn money from those like they would if that person had walked into the store. Exactly. And, and they have, there was a, some resistance at first, but they have just grasp that they love it now because they, they see the benefits. They are, yeah. you know, it's also the benefit of they, when they walk in and they say, Oh, you know, the customer says, Oh, I was looking at this J three forty five and I wanted to see this color combination. I know the price. And that salesman just wrote the order. Uh, again, I don't want to deflect from what they do, but right. the customer was educated enough to know exactly what they wanted to purchase, right. knew the price point. And some customers do come in to verify that, oh, is this price the same online price as the same in-store price? And right. that's how, and we're set up exactly like that. And once they verify that, they're ready to purchase. The other thing, obviously, with uh, lead times being crazy, and I, I think inventory management management has been something that is just like a whole new world for all of us trying to figure out what to order when and how much and, you know, all, all of those things. And then you throw in a a website on top of that, then you kind of have this whole new inventory thing that you have to, that you have to get right. What is that like? I mean, is that something that is, is done behind the scenes? Is that something that you need to like manually do and say, this is what's coming in and what's available and all that stuff? It's yes, it's done behind the scenes. And probably when you were 
first on my website two months ago, you saw that the, you know, availability and so forth. Mm -hmm. I have since taken that off to where it doesn't, it's, it's just, it really became unmanageable during COVID. So it, I I don't want to give a customer the false expectation of them clicking on the purchase, something is in stock and it's not. So right, sure. it's, it still can be purchased. Um, and, and, and it really hasn't caused any issues. Um, yeah. But that's something that we've changed in the last month that's worked out well. I think that would be really hard to keep up with. And, you know, yeah, I think when a customer thinks of like what's in stock, they picture it being already at your store available like, oh, to deliver. Yeah, right. it can, yeah, it can, well, it can show up in, in a, in a week versus the world that we're living in now where hot tubs are taking six, seven, eight, nine months to show up. Right. Very true. What do you feel like it's been the most surprising thing since you've gotten this, this website set up and the e-commerce site set up? What's the thing that you, I mean, I've, I mean, COVID obviously has thrown everything out of whack, but your expectations versus how it's actually been. What what surprised you? The odd buying patterns of customers, the 3 a.m. purchases of, uh, you know, a $10,000 order and, and, and so forth. Our uh, Shopify website is has a, an app that, you know, you get a notification when a, a purchase is made and, and that dinging at two in the two o'clock and three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, what is going on? So but it's always a pleasant uh, notification. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great thing to wake up to. It's like, oh, <laughs> that, hey, yeah. I had three sales right. while I was sleeping. That's awesome. <laughs> right. Very true. So. Um, oh, that that's crazy. It also makes a lot of sense. I feel like if I'm going to spend that much money on something, it's, I probably just like randomly decided at three in the morning that, okay, I guess I'll just do this. You know what? I, and I just, I'm just recalling this one purchase was a service member who was, I believe in Korea. And that was oh. why there, and it was, it was, it was a hot tub. He was buy, buying for his wife to have set up before he got back. And, uh, you know, he was in Korea and that, and that was why it was at such an odd, odd uh, time of the night. So that's awesome. though. What yeah. a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing, and especially through COVID, I've seen more and more hot tub retailers get e-commerce sites up and running. You got your started pre-COVID and kind of had this plan in place before then. But I mean, do you have any words of wisdom or tips for for people who have not taken that leap yet or who haven't actually put, you know, have an e-commerce site, but haven't actually put hot tubs on it yet? I think it's the way that the consumer is going. You got to have a little leap of faith and jump, you know, I, and with that, we I did, I studied a lot of other retailers' websites and to see what they were doing and so forth. You know, live chat's a, a huge fa- feature for me. Something I started that's done fairly well too on my website is uh, now that customers are available to finance the product. So, um, and, and oh, it's yeah. it's uh, we use a company called Affirm. You know, and before I checked them out, I saw oh, this is a company that Peloton uses and, and so forth. Will you click the box for financing, and they do online a better job of showing the customer the actual cost. And I think we can do in the store because it's very black and white. You get to see the finance fees that you're going to be paying and so forth. And that, again, the the amount of finance deals that I'm doing online mirror the amount of finance deals that I do in my store. So that's another tool that uh, 
really has is again continuing help and i'm always looking and seeing which ways we can better it you can't even go on you know a clothing store at this point without them saying do you want to make payments on this do you want to you know pay in installments versus mm-hmm. i mean that's just like a, a, a like an e-commerce site that does not have some kind of financing whatever they want to call it is pretty is pretty rare at this point everybody's offering installment plans and so forth to set up a firm was that was that a, a difficult thing to do do you have like a, a vetting process or was it basically like it's, like use this plugin <laughs> very yeah, i mean a small application and and, gotcha. and i believe it you know online application here's the here's the plugin and you're, you're up and running. And the firm is, yeah, I've seen them all over the place. Mm-hmm. So it's, yes. it's a yes. large, a large, something that people are used to seeing. Right. Right. One other thing I'd like, I'd say to that I've really liked about this is my square footage on my showroom floor cost me a lot of money. Right. My square footage on my website is the same, whether I have a hundred products are 50,000 products. Right. So I may show 15 to 18 hot tubs on each one of our showroom floors. I can show 36 and it's the same amount. And the customers right. believe, you know, they're seeing every single cabinet color and shell color and, and so forth. So that's what I've really liked. And, and I'm even exploring new products and new categories. I'm starting on my website first in a big way before right. I start in my showroom in a big way. I'm so glad you brought that up because um, that was something we had talked about originally. And online is such a great place to test things. It's a great place to test, you know, your marketing At messages. A low cost. Yeah. And it's, and exactly. And it's like, you're not having to bring in a ton of inventory. You can put this product on your website, see if people like it. And then before you spend out a lot of money to bring it in and take up that space, that valuable space on your showroom floor. Very true. Yes. Is there is there anything you've tried on your website that you have since brought into your showroom? I'm really working on grill islands and the outdoor oh, kitchen yeah. concept. That yeah. I really think COVID has has exploded that, and we oh. always did some gas grills and stuff. But I, I want to to really grow the what I'm going to call is I don't want to be a contractor, but I want to be the out of the box outdoor kitchen uh, company. That's fantastic. So. I mean, this summer we looked to buy a playset. I did not find one that I liked, so we built it, <laughs> which was, you know, a month of uh, sweat and tears. And uh, then yes. um, the other thing that was on my wish list is, you know, an outdoor kitchen island thing. And I and with you, like, I don't want to construct it. I don't want to hire someone to come and do it. I want to find something that's like prefabricated that I can drop in my in my backyard that I can move around if I need to, and you know, whatever I don't want this big permanent built-in thing. And so you are, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I am with you on that one. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. And, and again, that was something else that, you know, when I looked online, it was pretty much just sold out everywhere. So that didn't happen this summer. <laughs> I don't think I have any more questions for you about your website, but I'm glad that you're, thank you so much for, you know, sharing all of this information with everybody. I think we hit on a lot of things that people are nervous about that aren't super comfortable with that they have a lot of questions on. And I think it's really good for them to see someone who is doing it. And it's not one, like taking away sales from their local store Two, it's you're not like, it's not a pricing war with other dealers that you're having online. And you're not taking sales from 
other people's territory. It's like, it's really you selling in your local market successfully and giving customers the option to buy however they are comfortable, not however you are comfortable selling. You're exactly right. And with that, it should complement the whole dealer network. When Megan gets on uh, from Oklahoma somewhere, right, Megan? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and you buy, purchase, you put in your information or you click to, to purchase a hot tub and I hand that to the local jacuzzi dealer. Hey, this mm-hmm. is a live lead. You know, I can't service them. And, you know, I, I see it as every dealer having that. And we're all sharing live, uh, at, you know, those leads across the board. Yeah. I mean, typically you're, you're depending on your manufacturer to send those leads over to you, right? People, people who are online and looking in your area and all that. Like, why couldn't it come from, you know, your friend who lives a couple, couple states away? You're exactly right. And, and, and most likely those leads are lower funnel than we get from the manufacturer. Sure. Yeah. Cause they've already looked at the price. They've already know what they want to spend and they've already mm-hmm. picked out their model. You just need to give it to them. <laughs> That's exactly right. So are you, uh, are you ready for this fall retailer five? I think so. Yes. All right. Good. So. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So when did you start working in the store officially? 92. 92. Okay. I was going to say, did you just kind of, do you feel like you've just kind of, well, always worked and that's, there? that's full time. Yes. I mean, I, I've dug probably summers I would go out and dig holes and set basketball goals and so forth. That was kind right. of my first, but I was a teenager and so forth, yeah. but 92 is really when I really kind of started full time and ready, you know, ready to go. So do you remember your first spa sale then? Did that happen after you were full time or when you were, when you were a kid, did you happen to get lucky in the showroom one day? <laughs> no, it, it would have been. So we didn't, at that time, we, when I, 92, we were just primarily billiards and basketball. In the late 90s, when we added tubs, I still, my, my focus, my, my, my main focus was um, over the billiard division, but we would go to home shows and we'd, we'd be set up with our full line of products. And so somebody, a, a pool table, and then they wanted to look at hot tubs. And I honestly, I knew nothing about them, but I guess I kind of lucked into one. Um, and that would have been the late nineties. Um, our first line of hot tubs that we started to carry was Emerald out of Michigan. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Emerald. They're the thing of the past now. Yes. 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 Um, so, but that's, that's who we, uh, shopping brands and so forth. That's, that's who we ended up with as our first, first hot tub line. And that, that was my, would have been my first sale. For a lot of people, I feel like they, it was sort of accidental or they, they sold it and they just didn't, they just didn't know what they were Very doing. Much didn't know so. much about I, the product. And it was back like, then, well, I couldn't have back, pardon me. I back then I couldn't have told you how many pumps or how many jets or anything was on the hot tub, right. but that here it is. And I don't know, I guess they like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how it works though. Right. Like once you're comfortable with a salesperson selling you one thing, you don't really want to have to go and like go through the whole thing with someone else. Right. <laughs> that's exactly right. So was Steepleton's your first real job then, or did you it, like deliver pizzas or something else? It's my first and only job. Okay. It's the only it's the only job I've ever had. And that's, there's plus there, but the, the negatives I see and I, and I know, and I don't know how any other company operates. I don't know how they do receivables. I don't know how they do right. shipping and so forth. So when I get with other friends that have other businesses and so forth, I will bend their ear left and right because, you know, I only know one process and, right. and, yeah, I'm sure it can be approved. So I'm, I really pay attention to how other 
companies operate because I've never been involved in another yeah. company to know how, how it should operate. Or no, it it's, it's operate. true. Well, and it's interesting too, because you know, you'll, you'll ask five different businesses, uh, the uh, one question, and then we'll give you five different answers. You know, everyone does things a little bit different and everything has to be tailored to your market and your company and your personnel and your capabilities and, and all of that. And so I mean, that's one of the things I love about my job is that I get to ask these questions and figure out what, how people do things. And <laughs> it's very interesting that you, the answers can run the gamut. I'm sure they do. What would you say has been the biggest flop or maybe your, your worst idea something that you thought was going to be a home run in your business and then just did not take off the way you thought it would. After getting, getting hot tubs up and running, we tried above ground pools and, and that was, that, that just did not take off well for us. Yeah. A lot of it had to do with the, the, what I believe is the location of our store. A lot of the neighborhoods wouldn't at that time wouldn't allow above ground pools and so sure. forth. So yeah. it, um, we entered and exited that fairly quickly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so on the, on the flip side, what would you say has been one of your, your best ideas that you've, that you've brought into the company? Probably going a hundred percent retail. As I told you, we stopped manufacturing in 2000 and 10. Mm -hmm. And we had a manufacturing facility, we had wholesale accounts, even then we were still primarily a retail company. Mm -hmm. And we were manufacturing for our retail stores and a few wholesale accounts. But with the, the downturn of the economy and billiards going down, we just kind of flipped a switch on the uh, on the manufacturing, and now we we're just we, we just seem to be more focused 100% towards retail. I feel like it's hard sometimes to to let those things go because it's part of you know what you think your business is and who and who you think you are, and then you kind of sit down and actually look at it. And you're like, why are we doing this? <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I always said. Now, when I get a pool table in, I know what that box costs me and I know what, I, what our margins are yeah. when it's done manufacturing it. I don't, you know, kudos to the manufacturers. Uh, right. it's, it's tough. Yeah. Can you imagine with even like right now with the supply chain shortages and the labor <laughs> shortages and all of the things I, I, I mean, my hats are off to anybody who works in manufacturing right now because they have had you know, quite the time of it the last couple of years. Yeah, very much so. So are you, are you a, a reader or a, a watcher? Are you a listener? What are, what do you, oh. what would you say your favorites are book or TV uh, show or podcast, whatever it may be? Little reader, but not, not big, but I would be, I would definitely say watcher and I do enjoy some podcasts, but I, I probably, and me and my, my wife and I enjoy you know, kind of the, the free nights we have edging out to some Netflix and that, that that's where, um, I, I would say that's the, the, I'm a watcher. So do you, do you have a, have a favorite show that you guys have been, been watching? Well, we're, we're currently, we're, we're currently, um, watching clickbait, um, oh, which we just yeah. started. So, yeah. uh, we're a couple uh, episodes into that, but I, I'd say my favorite still is probably Peaky Blinders. I really, I really enjoyed okay. that. So. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I feel like you've been on the podcast like three times at this point <laughs> because we've had to like stop and start so many times, but thank you. I, I appreciate it. And it was, it was nice to see you and thank you for, for talking with us and sharing all this information with the rest of the industry. Thank you. I appreciate everything you do for the industry. Cause I think you're a, a great voice for the industry. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that.
Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa retailer.com. Thanks for listening.